It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the co-host of this fine estate planning essentials program. I should almost change the name to the No Surprises program because that's what Michael tries to do with every one of his clients, eliminate the surprises so you're prepared when you're alive, if you become disabled, and your family is also prepared if you pass away. But um, a lot of people, a lot of attorneys have a hard time doing what Michael can do so expertly so efficiently, so sufficiently, and uh, I'm so grateful for him, and you should too, but we'll still just call it the Essentials, uh, Estate Planning Essentials Program for now. Uh, Maybe we'll change the name later to No Surprises, but I'm sitting with Michael, and he is the co-host of this fine program, and I say, hello, Michael, how are you? Fine, Don, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Pardon the voice, but I have to sing, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I know. It's your birthday week. Happy birthday, dear Mike. I think I've done this before. You know, I'm glad. Happy birthday to you. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I told you a few weeks ago when your Eagles were uh, in the Super Bowl (laughs) that you shouldn't probably sing Fly, Eagles, Fly. But you probably shouldn't sing Happy Birthday. You're right. I shouldn't sing at all. Yeah, really. Keep your day job. Okay. No, it's really funny because you want to sing to someone to make the effort and quote the sacrifice. Sometimes it does more damage than good <laughs> when you sing. But so I'm not going to ask you how old you are this week. We're not even going to say what exact day it is this week. We're just going to say it is this week. I know when it is. And we'll just say you're becoming an older elder law attorney. Well, I've been telling people I'm an elder elder law attorney for a long time, so that makes me ancient. Right. Okay. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. I hope you. you enjoy your day. I hope it's special. I know your daughters and your wife will certainly uh, celebrate you and, and your kindness and your heart, I think, in glorious and unforgettable fashion, and they should. But happy birthday. I've known you, you for 10 years now. Uh-oh. I think so. About 10 years, I believe. Okay, well, that was when I was really young. Yeah, it was really young, but um, I'm honored to be your friend, so happy well, birthday. thank you. That was very kind of You're you. You're welcome. Um, today, you want to share that expertise for the audience, and you wanted to discuss, discuss with me at least, but tell them about the fact that there are at least 10 different estate planning documents that they should have, and they should perhaps take inventory to make sure they're prepared. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different types of documents, and, you know, some that are really lesser known and lesser used, and so not everybody has to have each and every one of these things, but at least you should kind of go over what fits you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things I think everybody should have. For example, a financial power of attorney, which would you say, well, why should I have that if I have no assets? Well, you may need, let's say you lack capacity and somebody needs to sign a contract on your behalf. You know, maybe 
God forbid you need uh, care and you need to pay somebody and you need to sign a contract for either a caregiver at home or in a nursing home or maybe even signing a lease at a particular place for you to live, you know, whatever it may be. So and you, if you lack capacity, you don't want to have to go to court to seek guardianship. I had a case uh, this week where uh, the uh, one brother died without a will and the other brother has questionable capacity. Limited assets, so then you say, well, gee, are you going to have to go through intestate succession, which means if you didn't have a will, there are some exceptions for if the estate is under 75000 it's called a small state's affidavit in order. But, uh, and then, but then if the person doesn't have capacity, the one who's the, I guess, the heir, then, okay, you have to seek guardianship even over a small amount of something less than $75,000. But if that person had a power of attorney, Mm. you wouldn't have to have an attorney for not only him, but an attorney for the one seeking uh, control and being guardian. Uh, And also uh, there could be somebody who fights. I had another person uh, in the um, yesterday that it was a second marriage. And mom chose uh, her children from a prior marriage to be the ones who were her decision makers for both medical and financial decisions. But the husband, who is somebody in their 80s, uh, the husband has the feeling that I'm the husband. I should be the one making the decisions. I don't care what you'd say. I, this is my spouse. We've been together for 40 years. I should be the say-so. So she should be where I want her to be, even though she's got dementia now and she's chosen the kids. Okay. So what could happen? They could go to court to seek guardianship if there wasn't a power of attorney. So that gets into another document that I'll tell you about in just a second called Declaration of Guardian and the Ventilator Encompasser Need. I'll just mention that in just one second. But let's say if you have a financial power of attorney, at least somebody can act for you. That could mean any number of financial things, and it always should be durable, which means it's good during lifetime. There's a question as to whether it should be effective immediately or spring upon disability. We always recommend immediately if you uh, trust the well, not always, but 99% of the time, you say we want it to be effective immediately if we trust the individual. If you don't trust the individual, probably shouldn't choose them to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, um, on any fiduciary position, any executor, agent, or power of attorney, uh, trustee of trust, it should be somebody you trust. And by the way, on any of these documents, as long as you have capacity, you can always change your mind. Um, what can a financial power of attorney do? Well, just about almost most things financially. However, the statutory form, so the state legislature has a form that probably what most people use and has a whole laundry list, which refers to the actual law. So they'll have a laundry list on the first page, uh, real estate, for example. What is real estate transactions? Sell, lease, hypothecate, assign, mortgage, transfer, convey, all sorts of different types of real estate transactions. But is that enough? So for, uh, you know, because sometimes you want other things. And sometimes that's not even good enough because, for example, on a transfer on death deed, which is a deed that says that this property goes to somebody upon my death, a power of attorney, an agent or a power of attorney cannot sign a transfer on death deed under law. 
Can you do it for an enhanced life estate deed, uh, formerly also known as a ladybird deed? Well, it depends on the language uh, in the power of attorney. So you can only do as to what the power of attorney grants. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have it very limited. You can only deal with real estate transactions. You can only sell my home, something like that. Or you could have it broad. Most people have broad ones. But even the broad ones may not cover everything. So, for example, on that uh, enhanced life estate deed, uh, the Lady Bird deed, you may want to say that you have broad gift-giving authority because it could be considered a transfer subject to divestment, conveyance subject to divestment. In other words, you can change your mind. So if it's a broad gift-giving versus an annual gift-giving ability – Annual is, uh, you know, under law for gifting purposes, for gift tax purposes, you can give up to $17,000 a year per person without reporting to the IRS as of January 1st of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but if you don't, so you could have either say, I do not want my agent to make any gifts at all. These are beyond the statutory language if you want to have that. Uh, you could either say, I don't want to have my agent have any, make any gifts of my assets in my lifetime. That's perfectly fine. That's probably what most people have. You could say, I'll let you make annual gifts of up to $17,000 a year per person. Or you could say broad gift giving. So if you wanted to protect your home, let's say, for Medicaid from a state recovery, you may want to have broad gift giving. So you say that uh, that I could do this uh, enhanced life estate deed, which is going to be worth more than 17000 in all probability. Although we also even put a provision that gives the ability to apply for public benefits where we have a separate thing that's initial. Uh, besides the ability to create trust, um, you know, in the standard power of attorney talks about uh, just – Uh, It says trust transactions, but it doesn't give the authority to create trust. But a lot of times people may want to have somebody that could create a revocable trust, qualified income trust. There's all sorts of different trusts that are beyond the ones that – it's beyond what I was thinking about when I was thinking about 10 different types of estate planning doctors. I'm only talking about the power of attorney, and I don't even know if I'm going to have time to go over (laughs) everything else the way I'm going right here. But the bottom line is you could put extra provisions like – the ability to change or open a survivorship account, the ability to change beneficiaries like on life insurance or IRAs. Why would you do that? Because maybe something bad happens, has happened to whoever your beneficiary is. Maybe they became disabled and they were going to lose public benefits. Maybe uh, they died and there was no alternate named. So there's reasons why you could do it, but it's a pretty powerful, it's called a hot power. You might even have the ability, sometimes people even put down the ability to get a divorce or partition. Uh, you could have the ability to substitute somebody else if there's nobody left standing. Uh, so that if you only had one agent or two agents as an alternate, uh, then and something happens to people and you see there's only one person standing, I give the right for that last person if I lack capacity to ch- substitute and have somebody else to have the authority so I don't have to go to court to seek guardianship. Very good. Um, so that's a power of attorney. You could have a lot of different things. And we put down all sorts of extra stuff in there uh, because we think of whatever we see court cases, we add different things. So we don't just use statutory language. So we look at the individual situation. Everybody's different, but we have a lot of different extra powers if you trust the individual. Mm-hmm. All right. There's also a medical power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a medical power of attorney is just who makes medical decisions for you if you cannot make it for yourself. Now, 
typically you're supposed to use a statutory form. So the state legislature has a form. Anybody could get it, and that should be fine. Uh, we do a lot of times put extra stuff in there. Uh, oh, but you really don't have to do this. And probably I don't know if anybody would recognize it or not, but a lot, we haven't had any problems. But technically um, we put down, oh, the right for companionship and care and hiring and discharging healthcare personnel, the access to medical records, the ability to uh, make different housing arrangements, uh, maybe do funeral arrangements. Uh, sometimes we put that uh, as well as end-of-life decisions as well. So, And you do that because you want to make sure it, it is addressed. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Right, as many you different things it. you can. Right. right, 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 right. Now, those powers of attorney could be superseded by guardianship. So remember we were just talking about the case uh, where they, their children might be fighting the spouse. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another example of an actual case where uh, this little bitty form document could have saved a lot of money. It's just a two-page simple form. Declaration of guardian in the event of later incompetence or need. It doesn't mean you have a guardian now. It says, if I ever need a guardian court, uh, court, this is my order. Okay, so this is the story of two sisters. Dad was 90 years old, and he said, I want daughter number one as, as number one. Daughter, first daughter is number one agent to make my medical decisions for me, and daughter number two is the alternate. Daughter number two said, I think now dad's lost capacity two years later. Uh, and so daughter number two at that point says, you know what? Dad really uh, wanted me. He wouldn't have wanted uh, daughter number one. Mm. And he, she tries to look to see if daughter number one has done anything wrong. And they both fight. They fight. They did not have this little bitty document which would tell the court, this is what I want. And when the court sees this is what I want, unless there was undue influence, lack of capacity, or some sort of duress, then there would not. Then it's but they're supposed to honor what the person wanted. Well, uh, the bottom line: daughter number one told me that she had spent two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in legal fees fighting her sister. Mm. So a little bitty two-page form, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a form. Yeah. It's just a form. So, you know, not everybody has, oh, my children will never fight. Famous last words. But, and, and so a lot of times people don't do it. They say, I just don't want it. We're, there's never going to be an issue. And that's okay. That's your choice. Just realize that there's a simple solution in the event that there is any kind of disagreement. Mm-hmm. So that's called Declaration of Guardian in the Ventilator and Cops are Need. I think the title of the document's longer than the document itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you specifically don't want somebody, um, then you say, I don't want this child, whoever it is, for example. I haven't seen that child in years. That were strange. I, and when you do it that way, uh, which you can do, uh, you need to have witnesses besides a notary, uh, unlike if it's not. Uh, somebody that you're saying, I don't want. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Most of the documents might, you know, we talked about power of attorney, medical power of attorney now, and declaration of guardian, ventilator, and comps are need. But like on the power of attorney and medical power of attorney, either uh, they only need to have um, a notary or two witnesses. Now, we prefer a notary because if you, especially if you have real estate transactions, you don't have to have both, in other words, like they used to under the old law about 15 years ago. Changed. It seems like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um if you have a power of attorney, I might add, and you have real estate, then we always recommend 
that you record the power of attorney in the county where the property is located. So let's say you live in McKinney, Texas, uh, and you have a power of attorney that's not, um, and you have property that's not inside a trust, then you would probably want to have the power of attorney in Collin County, as an example. Okay. Uh, the reason for that is what if you lack capacity and or if you've lost the document. Um, this cho- Under Texas law, uh, you have to have the authority uh, to be shown and be recorded within 30 days of the transaction. I don't know if I should go into this or not because we have another case where somebody – this is kind of interesting. They um, – we had done a will for somebody uh, last year, and then um, uh, a couple weeks ago, the agent of the power of attorney um, said, oh, we just found out that the um, that the one who had signed the will and also power of attorney, uh, who's now on hospice, has some property in Louisiana. Now, in his will, he had said that, okay, I'm cutting out my daughter which you could do. But in Louisiana, there's these laws uh, based on French law, forced airship laws. I said, well, you better uh, sell that property before he dies. Hmm. Interestingly enough, uh, the reason why it brings to mind right now is, okay, so they use the power of attorney. They sign, and, and by the way, I don't have the answers to this. We think it's going to be fine. Uh, they, the power of, they use the power of attorney. They, uh, this was, they called me on a Friday. Uh, the Louisiana attorney prepared the uh, deed and originally prepared the deed where he was going to sign. So he doesn't have capacity, so he can't sign. So you have to use that power of attorney to sign the deed. So the agent signed the deed on Monday or Tuesday of that week. Now, before they got even any cash, okay, on Wednesday, the person who had signed the will and the power of attorney died. Oh, boy. Now, does, and I, I don't know Louisiana law, do you have to record the power of attorney in the parish where the property is located like we have to do here? I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. licensed in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So does that going to affect how things go? Was it a valid transfer? We know that the deed was signed before, so you would think, and then the check would just be uh, payable. It would have to be payable to the estate of the deceased. So now we're in the process of probating the will. All right, so... Uh, but was it the was the deed even good under Louisiana law if they hadn't received the consideration? All right, so there's lots of legal issues. So when you have a power of attorney, though, you need to have the authority to deal with real estate transactions, and there's a lot more to it. It should be recorded wherever it is if you have real estate. There is a lot more to this, obviously. This is the tip of the iceberg. The nice thing about this program is that you can record it. You can make a list while you're listening to the program. You can go back and listen to the recording and edit that list, add to it, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can even listen to Michael's podcast by just going to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, and he'll address those, those 10 items. And what's also great, so you have a theater of the mind of what's happening here in the studios, is that there are no papers in front of Michael, nothing. He just, this is in his head. And this is what I've said at the beginning of every program. Um, he's a very smart attorney. He knows this stuff better than most, if not all. He just knows it. And he follows it diligently and daily. And that's what you want in your estate planning attorney. He's going to have another workshop so that you can attend and you can ask questions about your individual circumstances. And that is Saturday, March the 18th at 10 o'clock. And these are free workshops. They're in person. 
Uh, they're at his offices. They're on a Saturday morning, so there's no traffic issues. And you get to come and have coffee and donuts and uh, KWM coffee mugs, which are free, that you get to take with you. And most importantly, the invaluable expertise of Michael Cohen when it comes to estate planning and government assistance. Michael, tell them more about the workshops, please. Well, we have a – it's two hours. It's free. We ask people what they want to know. We In those two hours, we answer those questions that you – Whoever, I write them on the board and I answer the questions, Good. as well as having a small presentation as well, and there could be questions during that presentation as well. That's why we call it a workshop and not a seminar, a seminar because um, we try to make it interactive. And I think you'll see that the two hours, it, it just flies by, mm-hmm. uh, and you learn a lot. And if anything, you might learn too much because uh, uh, a lot of people say, wow, well, that's so much information, uh, it's hard to digest. You know, I've been kind of going rapid fire here today just because I just think about different cases uh, every time we talk about something, and it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that you're not going to remember everything because it's just going to hear what you want to hear uh, and what's important to you. But the bottom line is you're going to learn something, and you'll see it's fun. There'll be some things to eat and drink uh, along the way. Of course, you get a free KWN coffee mug, which was real popular this last time. I think they all kind of clamored for it and took those coffee mugs. Some people said, oh, I want more than one. Uh, so uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you could have your Daily Joe or whatever, sure. uh, uh, courtesy of KWN, which we appreciate. But in any event, if you go... To go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, or sign up online, which is probably preferable, at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's Dallas Elder lawyer.com uh, and uh, you'll you'll see that there'll be a lot of other people that'll be there and they'll be asking questions that things will make you think about things that you hadn't even thought about mm-hmm. and you'll enjoy, I think you can enjoy it I uh, hope that you'll attend uh, again is just by signing up online at DallasElderLawyer.com probably should change the URL to Texas elderlawyer.com yeah, right. you know the whole state not just dallas but you're in dallas of course but you know the whole state of texas you know the federal laws too um almost entirely and that's a great thing for the listeners as well so i'm, I'm glad about that they should know that um we've been dealing talking about 10 different estate planning documents <laughs> you should have today we've got about four minutes left oh my gosh so oh, well. see what you can do okay i'll try to make real brief and i won't tell the stories okay. how's that fair enough hipaa Everybody usually signs a HIPAA when you go to, let's say, a hospital, but it's usually for that hospital loan. So what we do is we do what I call, and just me it calls it, a universal HIPAA. Mm. I don't care which hospital you go to. I don't know which hospital or which doctor I'm going to go to. If I ever am out of it or even deceased, that my family or whoever that you trust can have access to my medical records so that if somebody screws up, they can't hide behind the privacy laws. Next, um, out-of-hospital DNR. Most people don't have that. Most of usually is for some people who are elderly. Uh, but, you know, you could come, you know, I should have said this along with a living will, a directive to physicians. So this is two more documents. A directive to physicians is basically saying, hey, if I am in the hospital or some institution, Don't keep me alive artificially. If I am going to die within six months, even with medical assistance 
or if I'm in a persistent vegetative state, an irreversible condition, let me die as gently as possible. That's a directive to physicians. Uh, but there's also another end-of-life document called out-of-hospital DNR, and that's if, let's say, that you're at home, and the paramedics come to your home, and your heart has stopped beating. You're dead. Do you want to be resuscitated? Some people say yes, and some people say no. If you don't do anything, well, it, then it's, they're going to resuscitate you, and you may not want Especially, let's say, uh, somebody has some other issues, health issues. Uh, it's not going to do any good if you're the only one at home, because <laughs> uh, how are you going to get to it? So somebody may put it on a refrigerator or something like that. Uh, so that you know, I've, if we have time, I'll tell you a story about that, but I just don't know how much time we'll have. About one minute. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well— uh, let's think about this. Uh, there are sometimes there's personal care plans on how to take care of yourself during life. Uh-huh. So you can say anything you want, how, how you want to be taken care of during your lifetime, uh, and whether it's being grooming or how you being dressed uh, or how many times you want to go out. There's lots of different things. So I'm going to repeat the different documents that we've said so far, but we haven't even talked about a will or a trust. No. That w- we've talked about that on other shows, yeah. but a will and a mm-hmm. trust, power, financial power of attorney, medical power of attorney, living will, HIPAA, out of hospital DNR, oh, digital assets. I didn't even talk about <laughs> digital Uh-oh. assets form, cryptocurrency, online mm-hmm. accounts, Facebook, Twitter. You want to show that you have the authority. Bottom line is we have to ask about all these different types of things to see what situation fits you and then – you know, then go over and do whatever it is that the person's goals are. So whether it's a will or a trust, sometimes it's better to have a will, sometimes it's better to have a trust. Um, usually you should have at least something, because even if you had limited assets, because what happens if there was a personal injury accident or other things that could occur? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in any event, we have to look at what your own individual needs are. The way to find that out maybe or get a better feel is to attend the next workshop by checking us out at DallasElderLawyer.com by signing up there or calling 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or sign up at DallasElderLawyer.com. For that next workshop, which is Saturday, March the 18th at 10 o'clock, Michael Cohen, I say happy birthday and thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.